This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, what do you have on tap for us today? Well, we're going back to that endless well of content. You know, I realize that like covers like a lot of like subjects on this on this podcast, but you know, this endless well of content is basically the X-Men. Because you know, we're basically over a year out from the uh, most polite mutiny that we've seen like in a Marvel title. I'm talking about the time when, you know, Jonathan Hickman like had his like major plan for the X-Men titles, and then everyone else running the X-Men basically said, yo, wait a second, we kind of don't want to do that. We just want to like, you know, kind of keep living in this you know, particular setup for a good for a little while longer. And Hickman basically like saw this and went, Yeah, okay. And then Marvel gave him, you know, Inferno to uh it's like to uh you know, like finish out his specific storylines and give like some sense of closure to like you know the run he was doing, and then in the meantime you get like creators like like Kieran Kieran Guyland like starting up the uh, like Quiet Council series, Immortal X Men, um, Al Ewing like I'm um, doing X Men Red, which is about about the Iraqo people on on Mars, and um Simon Spurrier doing um Way of X and Legion of X, basically focusing on night on um, Nightcrawler's efforts to keep the peace. It's like it's like on Iraqo. And also, like all the other people, like doing their own things, like uh, Jerry Dugan, like you know, writing writing X Men, it's like on, like on his own time, but you know, still observing, like you know, and respecting the plots that are being set, set up elsewhere. So, when I say like you know, most polite mutiny, like you know, I mean that you know, Hickman is still working for Marvel because he's still writing like the uh, like Ultimate Invasion series about like the reconstruction of the Ultimate Universe. And he's got his own um, gods series that he's basically starting with um, with Marvel. They're being that they're basically like you know setting up through like one page previews. It's like in like in, like in various ongoing titles as well. They basically believe in this, and they believe in Hickman's ability to set up a new, like all new, you know, like uh, like set of characters within the Marvel universe, which is kind of crazy in, in this day and age when you think that you know, hey, it's like you know, everything in Marvel is established. It's like, and, you know, like trying to like, do anything new, it's like, you know, it's kind of like a fool's errand since everyone buying it is just, you know, as old as me and all, and we're all, like, invested in, like, the, the established heroes and all. But, you know, like, hey, it's Hickman. It's like, I'm totally in the tank for him. I, I'm going to, like, buy whatever he does. But that's neither here nor there because, you know, like, these, like, these, these new, crea- these new creators in, in the X-Men space, um, um, Guylan, Ewing, and Spurrier, They've been doing like really good work on their on their own titles, and it's like it's like and in the case of um Guyland specifically, it's like he's apparently like you know taking um it's like his his run on um Immortal X Men to uh, basically create the the definitive um Mister Sinister story because you know Sinister is a character who's been around for decades, and well he initially started off as a uh, it's like a child idea of what a super super villain should be back in the Chris Claremont era. He spent like the nineties just, you know, basically being, you know, mysterious and saying he had plans and dropping the hint of like, Oh, you know, there's like a, some, a third summer's brother, wink, wink. And, um, Guylan, um, you know, like saw all that, but then made him into like a fabulous, you know, like villain who was just like, you know, like so enamored of himself that he just basically decided, Hey, you know what? I am so much better better than everyone out there i'm going to like you know make like make myself you know like start cloning myself and make make it entire civilizations like you know based out of me like for his run and that was like a 
like a high point for like for his like for for Gollum's um, uncanny uncanny X Men run, and in fact, like to the point where like his um like his take on Sinister kind of became like the de facto version of it. I mean, yeah, it's like Jeff Lemire tried to like you know work that back a bit, but you know Jeff Lemire is like you know a substandard X Men writer compared to everyone else. Hickman observed um Gollum's run and ran and ran with like Sinister's take with his take on Sinister, and so when Gollum came back to uh, Right, um, to to Marvel to write, um, Immortal X Men. We've got a, a fabulous, like, arrogant, sinister who is just you know, like, he's got that he thinks he's better than everyone else, and like he's not, and he's trying to uh, keep that in check in order, like, you know, further his plans, but it's not quite working. But still, it's fabulous because you know, when he's because he's got like a great genius plan, because like as the resident, as the guy who came up with the. Uh, with the plan to for the for the X-Men genetic d- database that allows resurrection to work on Krakoa. It's like, well, it's like, you know, he's he's got all sorts of object genetic profiles to work with, including um that of Moyer McTaggart. Because one of the big things about um Immortal X-Men one was that it showed that like that um Sinister had basically you know created a Moira engine. In sense especially that's in the sense that you know he could grow a new Moira Using her mutant ability to reset the timeline, but also, but then like sending data back in that reset timeline to allow him to, you know, like further his own plans. That's kind of like what that's what he's been planned, what um, just been doing over the course of Immortal X Men. But it all comes to a head in the uh, Sins of Sinister event because now, wait for it, let me tell you if that, you know, hey. When I mentioned that you know Sinister has been um has like been the backbone of the genetic database that allows you know resurrection to occur on Krakoa. What if I told you that Sinister had been messing with the genetics of that process like uh, in order to like further his own ends? Like what if he had been secretly been like implementing his own like you know genetic cocktail to allow a parapersonality of sinisterization? Basically like like whoever like would be resurrected would be like furthered with like, you know, their own, like, you know, sinister personality. So basically like said who basically like, you know, was kind of like, you know, like, like observing the idea that, Hey, you know, like I don't have to be a good person. I can be like, you know, the best version of like, of like, of like me that I want to be. It's like, and damn, and to hell with anyone else who thinks otherwise. So that's what sinister had, had planned for this. But it didn't quite work because, well, reasons, and it's like, and it only, and it did, and it didn't quite, and it didn't take hold until the last couple issues. Well, specifically issues nine and ten of Immortal X Men, when we find out that you know when Sinister finally managed to kill off all of the members of the Quiet Council that he needed to, in order to make make his um, like you know genetic resurrection cocktail, um take take hold to that end um if you're reading this 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 event since of sinister you kind of really do need to be following um moral x-men and i don't think it's a bad thing because it's been really good so far but the second volume is where all the all the good stuff take, takes hold and sets sets things up and when you get to the end when you get to issue 10 which is basically the uh xavier spotlight of Guylan's run it's like it tell, it basically, it's basically like 
one big issue telling you about how you should be grateful that someone of Xavier's moral, um, it's like like a moral um, clarity, moral moral caliber, it's like is like you know in charge of his like own psychic abilities. It's like hey, you know, it's because of me there will never be a uh, it's like a nuclear war on like in this planet because when people like when the uh, like uh, like when the human rulers of like Earth like you try to hit that button, they will hesitate and realize that you know that's not it. But the thing is, like you know, when you get to that, when you get to the end of issue ten, you see that oh, Xavier has been taken over by Sinister because you know Sinister has had that gene cocktail planned in all of the um, X Men's you know resurrection processes up to this point. So here we are with Sins of Sinister, like the first, like the first one shot. It's like, which basically, like, you know, shows you just how badly things are going to go wrong when you've got not just Xavier, you know, under like, you know, a sinister influence, but also Emma Frost, Exodus, and Hope. Basically, all the uh, major telepaths of the Quiet Council and of Mutanity in general, and also someone who can just, like, you know, duplicate their, like, their respective mental processes as well. What happens when they're, like, you know, running the show and, like, you know, just, trying to like you know like you know let every just you know running things to the point where like you know they can do do everything to the point where like they they don't they can like subvert everything to the point where it's like you know like someone terrible isn't is in charge and even though sinister was thrown into the pit like in issue 10 well that's basically thrown thrown out like not not too far after after as well because um because the first um since sister one shot is all about showing you just how badly things go once you know these people are you know subservient to like you know sinister's influence when they believe that you know like what they're doing is like the right cause for everything because it's not that they're just like you know under sinister control it's that you know they're shorn of like you know any moral safeguards for what they're doing to the point where it's like you know xavier basically goes hey you know it's like everyone you know should be subservient to the dream you know i just have to like you know force them to do it regardless and emma is like you know we should look out for the children because like they're just like you know it's like snot nose runny kids who just don't know any better it's like in exodus is just just is like you know hey it's like you know like these like these people are just like ter- like just like don't know who, like who to like who to follow on all it's like and like i'm willing to provide that that guidance that guidance and like hope is just like hey it's like i'm the, the messiah who's going to save them all and i'm going to save them from themselves as well it's awful. It's like it's terrible, but it's also kind of like you know, like fun in the sense that you know, hey, you want to see how bad things go, like for a uh, for future timeline. Well, sins of sinister has you covered because this is all about just seeing how badly things can go, but also you know, like you know, finding like you know the fun and like you know, like subverting your expectations as well, because this is also. Like a like a uh, an extension of the uh, Age of Apocalypse um, style of storytelling as well. Now, I realize that you know Age of Apocalypse is like good long while ago. I mean, God, it's like it's two decades. It's like uh, no, no, it's not over. Almost three decades at this point, but it's still one of the most significant X Men events of the '90s. And when I say like you know significant X Men events of the '90s, you know it had to have left a mark. Because this is one, one where the the uh, like where they where all the people writing on the X Men said, "Hey, you know what? Let's stop doing these all this stuff for for four months. 
unless you do like the ultimate grim dark um future for like for for x-men like to the point where you know like where xavier like xavier died magneto had to take over and apocalypse saw his opportunity to um to, like to, to rule the world so that it's it was a uh like it was definitely like a uh it, it, it's it's a miniseries that left a mark like to the point where like you know like uh, creators kept coming back kept coming back to it and one of the series that sp- uh, spun out from it x-man um focusing on the uh like um, nate gray like basically the purebred clone of a pure sorry purebred spawn of the of um of Cyclops, Cyclops and Jean Grey, it's like was able to you know have his own series for like seventy five issues. It's like that's that was the thing you know, back back in the nineties. They were a crazy time, but it's like you know that. But that series like you know left a mark. It's like and they kept coming back to it both in like you know revival miniseries and other sto- storylines such as like the uh, such as the Rick, Rick Remenders, um like like Dark Dark Angel Saga, and also like stylistically because. Like there was the uh, Age of X Man like event, which basically had you know Nate Gray once again just you know re- um, like rewriting reality to the point where like you know what if X- what if like we had like you know X Men without the uh, like without the uh, soap opera drama, and um, even though that was like you know not as interesting as the original event, it kind of sets the tone for this for this one because like you've got three of my favorite writers, Kieran Gyland. Al Ewing and Simon Spurrier basically re- rewriting um, like or reinventing um, Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red and um, Legion of X for like for their own pur- purposes. So Immor- Immortal X-Men becomes Immoral X-Men because Kieran Gylan is like a pun master like that. Um, X-Men Red becomes Storm and the Brotherhood because this is all about like, you know, Storm's influence on the uh, it's like it's like on the resistance, like of this era, and um, it's like a Legion of X becomes Nightcrawlers because Simon Spurrier, well, his like his, like his run on like Way of X and Legion of X has basically been basically been an excuse to basically just write like a, like a Nightcrawler focused series, like for uh, for like, like for his own intense purposes, and he's also doing the uh, Uncanny Spider Man. Which is basically like you know Nightcrawler posing as Spider-Man during this Fall of X era, because dude loves some um, Nightcrawler, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because he's done some good stories on focusing on him so far. So there you go. But then you've got the, these these three series, like basically just, you know like showing you just how bad things are going to get like over the next thousand years. Yeah, that's right. I said thousand years because this is taking a. This series is also taking a cue from Hickman's House of X and Powers of X and just showing you what things are going to be like 10 years from now, 100 years from now, and then 1,000 years from now. So, but the interesting thing is about this is, is first of all, the fact that, well, it turns out, because as we learned in the initial issue, well, Sinister is is honestly kind of happy to have things go his way. You know, just working with, you know, these X-Men who are just shorn of like their their moral scruples and he's happy with that until they start you know acting on their own impulses and that's um when he says like nope time to like go and reset things and then he finds out that oh he can't do that because in order to do that he's got to kill the moira that he's created 
nightgown for this era, but he can't do that for reasons because I'm not going to spoil that here, but you can probably guess like what's happened. And the uh, 10 year arc is just showing you about how things have gone like, you know, kind of wrong, but you know, maybe like people can, that people can feel like, you know, things are like, you know, still able to be like to be fixed. But, um, and even sinister realizes that, Hey, you know, maybe they can still be fixed on his end, but oh, that doesn't work. In fact, um, Emma Frost, you know, like, like basically like lets them know that, Hey, you know, it's like, you're, I, I don't think you're like, you're, uh, like you're, you're, you're quite council material anymore. In fact, I think I'm going to like go ahead and kill you unless you can like, you know, prove your worth to us as well. And that's when sinister basically says, no, I can keep creating like genetic, genetic chimeras, basically, you know, like create like, creations of like versions of mutants that have like, you know, multiple power sets of established mutants. And that allows him to like, to live, live another day. But then you've also got the, uh, it's like the, it's like the night, night crawlers um, bit, which is basically like, you know, like, uh, because the things like Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Wagner's um, power set has basically been to kind of like, uh, is basically eluded Sinister's ability to like, you know, successfully create, clone it like for his first chimeras. But um, then, then we learn in um, Nightcrawlers that he's, that somehow it's, it's managed to uh, like you know work, work, and now he's able to, you know, create like a legion of the night. It's like like a peacekeeping op- operation. It's like in this era, in order to, uh, it's like it's like, in order, it's like in order to keep like, keep keep order. But that then we learn that you know oh it turns out that that um, mother righteous and um then this and the spirit of vengeance that she controls which is like a combination of like the uh, vengeance spirit and banshee sean Cassidy, like they are able to like you know like shake the uh like the uh like these members of legion like loose by using um by using like the uh, spirit of vengeance as a scream so that's that's the thing and um that's how that's how things work and then you've got the uh let's see oh the storm in the brotherhood i see a storm is like you know Still, like, um, like the prime mutant for like root for like, um, leading the uh, like the the Iraq Iraqi um council and all, but she's also you know having to deal with um, Mystique and uh, it's like and Destiny's like you know their their own plans as far as like you know how things are going to go. Because the interesting thing about this particular like you know diseased future for the X Men is that you know not everyone like views you know. This is, this is being something a timeline that needs to be like like sterilized. Like you know, they don't necessarily like look at this and go, "Oh wait, this is a timeline gone wrong. We need to correct it as soon as possible." Not like the Age of Apocalypse was, because well, Destiny you know looked at this and saw, "Oh wait, this is the timeline where I can just spend the most most time possible with my wife," and so it's like, so I want I want to preserve this as possible that's why she works with the version of sinister that is aligned with science orbis stellaris and oh i guess it's probably worth mentioning that this this whole storyline furthers the uh like four different sinisters version like of the character now because well you know like sinister has is um like um characterized by that this big red diamond on his head and while gillen um like you know like had a uh I like had a fun bit of reference, bit reference, referencing this as Uncanny X Men run, where Hope 
like headshotted one version of him from like thousands of yards away saying, Hey, you shouldn't have like, a target on your head. Well, apparently it's like, you know, that um, version of that take on the character has been refined to the point where really, what if that diamond is a suit? You know, it's not just like, you know, Hey, it's like, you know, it's not just like, Hey, the sister has a diamond on his head. No, there's not, not one sinister. There are four sinisters. There is the sinister with the diamond on his head. That is the uh, version of Nathaniel Essex, who had, it's like, who basically is like, you know, like determined to like figure out, you know, hey, you know, what if, what what future does humanity have? Like, if, unless it's like, you know, pursues genetics as a direction. And then you got, well, what about like um, the sinister with a club on his head, which is Dr. Stasis that, um, that Jerry Dugan like unveiled in um, X-Men. It's like, and it turns out that, hey, you know, what if um, Dr. Stasis is in what if um, humanity explored post-humanity, basically superhero, superheroism as the future, as their future. It's like, and then there's um, the spade, which is, um, which is um, Orbis, like Orbis Stellaris. It's like, what if, like, basically what if like, you know, like humanity, like, if, like I'm explored pure science as a, as a way to explore like, like avoid this, like you know, coming calamity of like you know, superhero superheroism, like a mut mutanity and what whatnot. And then there's the heart, which is Mother Righteous, the uh, female version of, of Sinister. It's like who basically like into explore a magic as the uh, as a pure as like the way to like like avoid like like avoid like extinction of humanity. This. This this whole storyline is also about all about furthering like these these like these these interpretations of the characters, and it does a good job of do of of doing that. It's like um, maybe um better for the uh, like for the traditional diamond version of Sinister because this is like a, a storyline where it essentially imagines like what if Sinister got everything you wanted, and then you realize that you know oh my god like everything you're still fucked up. It's like, and I've got to like find a way to like undo everything as well. That's that's kind of like the uh, the storyline that that Gallen pursues through like Immoral X Men, and he finds some like you know some good like some good like uh, like some good storylines through there. Um, the uh, or the Orbis Stellaris business is um, it's like it's pursued through uh, X Men Red mostly, but. Um, but also, it's like the it's the idea that it's like sorry, I'm getting distracted here. It's like you know, it's like he, it's like you know, he's got his own own agenda, and then when he when it's destructed, when it's like distracted or destructed, it's like he uh, like he pulls a plug on that as well. But getting back, going back a bit, it's like you know, the idea is that you know, some people view that this story, this uh, this future is not one that is meant to be, you know, reset on a. Uh, like on a, on a purely pragmatic basis because initially you know like destiny like wanted this to be like the future where she stayed with her wife mystique you know as long as humanly possible or as long as mutantly possible sorry and that didn't work and um that's that's played out in um in storm of the brotherhood but then um when storm has a chance to end this this uh timeline she she's basically like call makes the uh, interesting call in the sense that hey you know like it's not like you know there like there's still life here and there's still hope 
So I I can't really like you know make the call to just you know like like snuff out all like all the life in this timeline just on the guess that it might be better. And I I can I can buy that as far as like you know like a, like telling that um storm stormer to do because she's been one of the most like optimistic and morally morally upstanding like like excellent characters out there. But um that's you know to the like, the one hundred year point. When you get to one thousand year point, oh boy, like shit gets weird, shit gets dark, and I guess I should probably like you know take a special moment to talk about the artists who are you know called upon to illustrate this these particular areas. Um, this the first three issue, the um, ten year mark is it's all three issues of um, immoral immoral X Men, Storm the Brotherhood, and and um, Nightcrawlers are illustrated by Paco Medina, who is a thoroughly solid. Um, like superhero artist and a guy who just you know hey if he's if I'm seeing him draw draw like an issue of like X Men or, or like or, or Avengers or whatnot it's like I can like believe that he's gonna like do like a good solid job maybe not like you know exceptional exceptional or like you know like you know like incredible something that's gonna like stand in my mind as being like you know all time great work no but he can do like good work. And I think that he's perfect for like this kind of like work. Same goes for Andrea DeVito, who also did the uh, like the, the 100 year um, a mark for each, each of these each of these series. It's like solid solid work all around, especially when like he's um, like called upon to draw. It's like you know Storm creating a um, intergalactic wormhole that sucks the uh, the world farm that Doctor Stasis has created. It's like in order to maintain the uh, like the the Moiras that. That maintain this timeline, but if there's a uh, standout for this for this particular storyline, it's Alessandro Vitti, who um, does um, does the issues of Immoral X Men and X Men Red. Sorry, um, Storm in the Brotherhood, like you know, for the one thousand year mark. He does a great, gritty, dark version of this timeline. Basically, like one thousand years, like you know. The idea that you know that Storm had at year one hundred that you know maybe that that hey you know that that there's life here and there's hope. Well, no, there is no hope here. It's like these these one thousand mark year mark issues are you know like for these two series it's like are just like you know grimy and gritty and just basically like, you know, like suggest that hey you know like things have gone bad. It's like in a uh, like in a terrible way like we're talking like warhammer 40k dark here and i'm sure that you know like that that was definitely like a touchstone that you know that at least gylan was um let's considering like for the like for, for this particular timeline and um i and you're not saying like you know that was the case for nightcrawlers because uh, apparently like you know viddy wasn't really able to like you know like um like churn out like that third issue in in time we get something that's much more conventionally uh like superhero for um for the Nightcrawlers issue, which you know was all right, but you know it's like I I, I think the series would have been much better served had Viddy um done that, been able to like you know get out that that third issue. Still, you know it's like the art art is solid solid throughout. It's like and it's like and it's it's like and it, it's really it's and the overall storytelling is really solid. Like you know. Like throughout, like Gylan um has a clear idea of like you know, like what he wants you know Sinister to feel over these, like 
it's like over these like three issues that he's that he's doing to the point where like you get almost get the feeling that you know sister regrets what he's done, which is kind of like what sinister they like, feel bad about something nah but yeah it's like it all it, it almost like you know like it gets to that point especially in the second issue of immoral x-men but in the end it's like you kind of feel that you know oh like you know sinister is just like you know like grits us because you know he is personally inconvenienced by how things have like have turned out but overall it's like i feel this this the storyline is really good in terms of like you know just like showing you just like how dark dark and off the rails like an it's like like an x-men future future can get it's like and it's like and i like seeing that you know what all the uh what all the different well all like the weird stuff the creators you know come up with like you know for like for these arcs if anything it's like i feel that um spurrier's um issues of nightcrawlers are maybe not the uh like the most uh not the best like of these like of, like of this run because he's he's having to deal with a mother righteous who is just you know so incredibly smug and just like you know serve herself to the point where it's like you know hey she's a, a villain who does not struggle and i kind of have have issues with the, that kind of that kind of villain and um it's like and also like some of the stuff he's doing doing here doesn't doesn't land as smoothly as it does in um gun and um ewing Ewing's issues, and in fact, like you know, Ewing like, does have like a lot of fun. Clearly, like you know, setting up the uh, different power like mutant circuits, like you know, for this, like for the storyline. It's like they're like like all like all three of them like have like you know fun like you know setting up stuff that you couldn't normally do like in an like in an X Men X Men title. It's like like from from Gillen basically showing you that um in the end like Xavier is going to like to be the one to like you know pacify an entire universe and um that and Ewing showing you that you know Storm is like you know really the most powerful mutant, mutant ever in terms of like your, your power set and and Spurrier it's like also has does some good stuff you know showing you just you know how it's like how a uh like how a, a cult-like mindset can just you know like lead to like really really bad bad things like over it's like it's like over hundred over tens or hundreds of years. Like I said, even if like you know, like Spurrier stuff doesn't quite land as well as I've seen him do in the past, it's more of a uh, you know least bad um, like case rather than just you know actually bad bad case. But it's also worth noting that you know like when the uh, when the timeline is like you know reset because let's be honest, we all knew that was that was that's how this was going. Well. It's like you know there are consequences. In fact, we get like a uh, like a, like a, a a new like a new character like joining the timeline. Someone who I know that Rob like is thoroughly gonna be like they'll like jazz to see that you know she's joining this like um joining this timeline. And also like you know Mother Righteous you know gets a uh, a proper introduction to the uh, wider um storyline of this like of this era because like you know hey even if um sinister you know, like, you know, kind of wind up on the losing end. So our traditional diamond-headed sinister um, winds up on the losing end of this, this storyline. Well, like, you know, Mother Righteous, you know, her plans are still, like, going full seam ahead. Oh, and so are Moira Metagarts, because she's um, still, like, a major player it's, like in here as well. It's like, 
and you know like that and things are just going to like you know things are showing like you know working towards like hers and orcus's ends it's like like as well as as well here and then and also like you know the end of the sinister sinister's plans for like you know like um the moira engine that he set up in like gun's run like they're it's like they're established here it's like and it's like and we get a uh we i think we get a, a good solid finale here but it's also one that basically um ends in like you know leading up to like you know the next major x-men storyline because that's how superhero comics work you know it's like you're yeah, yeah, you give them a sense of closure, but you know, we're feeding them towards the next storyline as well. But overall, it's like I really enjoyed um, this, this storyline. It's like to the point where it's like, even though I read all of these issues on Marvel Unlimited, I'm likely probably going to like, you know, pick this up in hardcover. It's like, you know, once the uh, once that edition comes, comes out, because you know, it's like it was just really, really well done, and even the parts that don't quite land as well as I'd hope, you know, we're still, you know, pretty entertaining. So, I mean, yeah, it's like the, uh, the age of apocalypse style storytelling works, but also, you know, you've got like three of my favorite writers in comics you know, doing a X-Men story. And if it doesn't like hit 100% as well as I'd hoped, it still hits well enough that, you know, it's like, I, uh, like I'm like, you know, thoroughly, I'm, I really appreciate what they did here. Like they did some like clever stuff that you know like has some has some good twists on the established um, storytelling of this kind of storyline, and you know it's like I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what what each of them do here. Both with Guylan continuing with with um, Immortal X Men, with um, Ewing continuing with X Men Red. I mean, God knows I'm like, glad to finally see like him like this like this uh, him getting like you know like more than like one year. Like on a particular title, and um, yeah, it's like I'm gonna look forward to seeing what um, like what Spirit does with um, Nightcrawler and Un Uncanny Spider-Man. So yeah, I am all for uh, you know seeing where the X-Men series X-Men titles go from here, even if you know this whole Fall of X stuff that they're working into right now, like basically means um, hey, we're walking back to the familiar status quo of X-Men pre Krakoa, which is disappointing, but I at this point I kind of feel that that these creators are going to like you know make that um transition back to the status quo as painless as possible. So yeah, yeah that's something. Yeah. So this sounds like a really good strong recommend from you and I um I'm looking forward to actually I might have to check this out myself. So um nice. I I, I will say that if anyone looking forward to reading this on their own probably could. All you need to know is that you know Sinister is just a bastard, and he's this is the this is like the setup. It's like he it's where he gets everything he wants, and he finds out that maybe it wasn't what he wanted after all. It's like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. You know what you're going to be talking about next time? You know. Well. I mean, like that, that. I think that also depends on you, John, because hey, I've, because like if you're ready, I think we're ready to go with this podcast to boldly go. This podcast has never gone before, or we're just going to boldly go into like the next chapter of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All so right, ready. we'll make it so. Yes. We'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Glade. Later.